Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Come on, I know we've been celebrating, but it's Celebration Sunday, so would it be all right if we just got our praise one more time for all of the people who have come home, for all of the people who have gone public with their faith, for the Bible being translated into new languages, for families being able to have Christmas because of your generosity. It's worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating. And I didn't do this. You did this. God did this through you. Amen? I don't know about you, but it feels good to be a part of a move of God. I'm so glad that my kids get to grow up in a church where God is on the move, where he is changing people's lives day in and day out. That is what we do. Today, I want to show you why it's important, why what we do is important. If you have a Bible, open to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17 through 19. I got to my first point at the first service, and I don't think I'm going to get to my last two on this one either, but it's a good first point, so I think it'll bless you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17 through 19. And coming, he, Jesus, proclaimed the good news of peace to you who are far away and peace to the ones who were near. Because through him, we both have access. Hello, access. Access. On sale in the lobby. You can go ahead and grab yours now. All right, access. In one spirit to the Father. Consequently, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow, say this with me, citizens of the saints. Hello. Citizen of the saints. And members of the household. Somebody say, this is my house. We are members of the household. Come on, tap your neighbor and tell this is my house. Members of the household of God. Here is the title of today's message, Citizen of the Saints. Citizen of the Saints. You know, we're not building a building, we're building a home, right? You know, Journey Church is in the building. It's a home, right? I met a ton of people on Legacy Sunday who were explaining to me why they gave the gift that they were giving, all with tears in their eyes, all hugging me and embracing me. And I loved every one of their stories. And you know, not one person said, I'm giving so that we can have a building. Not one person said to me, when I, I can't wait till we have that building, I'm going to bring a little sticker with my name on it, and I'm going to just put dibs on my favorite seat right there because I helped pay for this building. It's my building. Not one person. I did, however, meet a couple, um, uh, uh, Alana and Chris. They're getting married in a couple weeks. I'm excited for them. Yeah. Are they here today? That's why, that's why they're excited. <laughs> that's why they're excited. And, uh, and I asked them, why were they giving? Because when they get married, they, their family might end up leaving uh, Central Florida. And, uh, and I said, you know, you might not even be here when this building gets you know, two years. And Alana said to me, yeah, but this is where I got saved. This is where I got baptized. This is where I started serving on the prayer team. This is where I found freedom. In other words, I'm not giving for a home. I'm giving because I found a home. I'm not giving for what will happen. I'm giving for what he's already done in my life. I want to take this Sunday and the remaining minutes that I have to really come back to the why 
of what we do. We got to be careful um, to never lose the why behind what we do here at church. And what I mean, what? I mean, coming to church even, serving God, reading your Bible prayer. I want to give you back today your why. And I'm talking to two people. I'm talking to two groups of people. I'm talking to people who've been in church for a long time. You know, it's like you learn how to swim in the baptism pool. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, like that's where you learn to swim. Like you, this is your thing. You, you grew up in. Here's why I need to talk to you. Because uh, a lot of times, if we're not careful, the, uh, the routine of church attendance, um, the routine that is intended to build you up, if we're not careful, can become a rut that breaks us down. Hello, anybody been there? Anybody allow church to go from routine to a rut? You know why that happens, by the way? It happens because we lose our why and we get caught up in the what. Observing the Sabbath was something that, the, that was been done since the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, they were still doing it, but it became a burden because they were really good about the what, but they had forgotten the why. And one time Jesus and his disciples were walking along the road and they pulled a, a head of grain and they started eating the head of grain, but it was on the Sabbath, church day, when you're not supposed to be doing any work. And the religious leader said, how dare you do work on the Sabbath? And Jesus was like, chill, I made the Sabbath. And then he said, and by the way, man is not here to serve the Sabbath. The Sabbath is here to serve man. In other words, it's about enjoying and resting on this day. And if enjoying and resting means eating grain, then I'm going to do that because that's what the Sabbath is for. In other words, he's saying, hey, you guys are really good at doing it, but you've forgotten why you do it. And when you forget why you do what you do, when you take the purpose out of the practice, you're left with no passion. You got to put the purpose back into the practice. When I first bought my house here in Winter Park, it was a big deal. It was a big deal because we could not afford to live in Winter Park. I don't know if you live here or if you know people who live here. The real estate market here is super, super duper, looper high. And uh, we don't even live in Winter Park. We technically live in unincorporated Winter Park. That's a thing, y'all. It's Winter Park on your address, but not really. <laughs> Like, I tried to go to the library and get a library card at the Winter Park Library, and I showed them my license with my address, and they're like, you're not one of us. <laughs> and I was like, that's okay, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. Seminole County then? Okay, here I come to Seminole County. And, then, and, that's, how, and that's how it was. And, but I'll tell you what, we were so glad to be able to be here when God called us to plant this church. And when we got the keys to the house, no, not only are we an unincorporated Winter Park, but in the neighborhood that we lived in, we had to get like the worst house in the neighborhood because it was the only one we could afford. But I didn't care. I was so pumped. I got those keys. I opened up that door. I walked in and I couldn't see any of the things that needed fixing. I couldn't, I couldn't see or smell the carpet that's, that had urine, cat urine on it. I, I, didn't, I couldn't see the, the, the holes in the walls. I couldn't couldn't see the fact that the fan didn't work. We had a vent in our bathroom, you know, the vent that makes it, that's supposed to expel. The, it didn't even, it wasn't even going anywhere. We did an inspection and they opened up the vent. They're like, this is just a fan that turns around. Nothing is happening. When you turn this, this is a true story. And it's still that way. If you ever use my bathroom, your, your smell's not going anywhere. Just like right now. And it was just, I did, but you know what? I couldn't see it. I couldn't see the what because I was so focused on the why. I walked in and I was like, why are you being so good, God? Why are you so good to me? I love it. But guess what? It's been three years now. I've been living in that house. And I'm not blaming Liz. But she has discovered this app that allows her to update in a lifetime items that need fixing in the house. It is a digital honey-do list. Ladies, meet with her after service. At all times of the day, 
she can update, update this list for things that I need to do. Now, I'm not mad at her. I'm glad that she does it. One of her love languages is acts of service, so it helps me love her in a special way. I'm just saying I got to be careful now because over time, here's what happened. When I used to walk into, the build, when I used to walk into my house and just see the goodness of God, I got to be careful because now I walk in and I see everything that needs to be fixed. And if you're not careful, you can walk into this building. And when you used to see the goodness of God, now you see everything that needs to be fixed. You look, man, the lights, why are the lights going like that? Why did the light hit me in the eye like that? They're trying to blind me? What's wrong with them? Man, the bass player, man, the bass player was really off. Say, well, can you play the bass? No, so then shut up. If you can't play the bass, then and why are you judging if you can't play the bass? But now we got Ethan on the bass, so he's going to fix that. He's going to fix that. Auditions. A. <laughs> Right? And I'm not even talking about the building. Sometimes you can walk in here and we're used to see the goodness of God. Now all you see are the things that are broken in you. All the things that need fixing in you. And you're like, hey, that was a good song. But, and you start pointing to the areas of your heart that need renovation. That need to build out. That need to get destroyed, uh, demolished, or, and all that stuff. And, and it's just not, and you lose your why. Because you've been here so long. I want to talk to our first-time guests or those who maybe church is a new thing for you. It's important for me to tell you the why. Because if not, then some of the what we do, if I don't explain it, you're going to be like, why do you do that? Why do you do that? And I got to be honest, if I don't explain the why, like, and that's a big, and honestly, that's on us at church, you know, because we kind of assume sometimes that everybody understands the, re- the meaning behind our traditions and why we do what we do. And that's not right. I mean, we built this church on a vision that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So we're going to explain things. And so I get it if you look at a number like that, $3 million for a church. And I get it if you feel a little shady when you see that. I grew up in New York. I get it. Everything to me is a con or a scam until proven otherwise. I get it. When people jump and lift their hand, it can seem a little sensational. It can seem a little silly. It can seem a little over the top. I get it. I don't blame you for feeling that way. I just want to explain it to you today. I want to give you the why. Now, I'm going to give you the, the one-word approach method. All right? I love to break things down as simple as possible. Like, it's the pride of my life. Uh, I used to get offended. People used to tell me when they preach, I love the way you preach, JJ. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because it's so simple. Let me just tell you right now, no preacher wants to be simple. Every preacher wants to be deep and profound. And I used to get offended, but really what they were saying was, I really appreciate your preaching because you make profound things so simple, which I love to do. So I'm going to break it down in one word. Here's the why. For those who have been going to church forever and for those who have never come to church before and this is your first time and you're not even sure if this is a cult or whatever you're thinking. And so here's the deal. Here's the one word. Here's the one word I'm going to give it to you. Ready? Here's the one word. Jesus. However, however, if I had to pick one word to explain my why, it'd be Jesus. However, I can't use that word. Because if you've never been to church before, that word means nothing. Or, this is actually even scary, if you've been coming all your life, that word might have lost its meaning. Because you've heard it your whole life. Jesus this, Jesus that, in the name of Jesus, but they never got better. In the name of Jesus, but the finances never came through. In the name of Jesus, but they still died. And that word might have lost its meaning. So instead, I'm going to give you a word that means the same thing, but it's different. It means Jesus. It's just another way of thinking about it. And hopefully that will resonate with you on a deep level. And here's that word. Home, home, home. You know, uh, traditionally, uh, home is, is defined in one of three ways. Either the place where you were born, um, the place where the people you love are, or the place when you can be undone. Now, those last two are my last two points. And if you really want to know what they are, maybe you have to serve us and I'll give you the breakdown. But I like to just kind of hone in on this first one. Because I met somebody in the lobby last week. And, uh, and she had the VIP uh, black little rectangle. If you're a first-time guest today, you got that VIP little thing right there. Let me see it if you got it. Yeah. You didn't get it on the way in? Okay. 
I know we have guests, we have guests every time, but um, I, I love it when we hold that card because it helps us identify you. That's why we give it to you. <laughs> we get, so we Is it your first time? How did you know the spirit? Um, <laughs> and I, so I said, hey, this is your first time. What I meant to ask was, um, where are you coming from? But I didn't say that. What I ended up saying was, where, uh, where are you from? And she looked at me and she was like, she confused. She said, Nigeria. <laughs> and I was like, nah. <laughs> I mean, like, like Alafaya, like Ca- Castleberry. <laughs> I meant to say, where are, you, where are you coming from? She was like, oh, Goldenrod. I was like, okay, cool. Cool, cool, Goldenrod. Awesome. That's great. But she was like, she didn't understand. Because, you know, that is, that, that where are you from? Like, you start in Orlando, and then, like, maybe that person meant, oh, Puerto Rico, or that, oh, well, I guess the Spaniards, I guess. And then <laughs> before that, I don't know, Africa. And, but here's the deal. You know what happens if you get back far enough? You weren't born in Orlando. You're not from Orlando. You're not from New York. You're not from Ohio. You're not from Missouri. You're not from Puerto Rico. You're not from Europe, Asia, Australia, Antarctica. I don't know where he lives there. You're not from there. You know, if you go back far enough, you know where you're from? Heaven. Heaven. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Hear me. Before you were created on earth, you were conceived in heaven. You were a thought in God's mind. He birthed you as a dream, as a vision. He imagined you. Why do I say that? Because you might have been delivered in Orlando, Winnie Palmer Hospital, second floor, third room, but you were born in heaven. You were delivered here, but born in heaven. UPS delivered it to the house, but it was coming from the factory. You came from heaven, y'all. Heaven is my home. Tell the person to your neighbor, heaven is my home. Which is why we worship. Because when we worship, we're reminded that earth is not. And it puts all of life's trials in perspective. You know, that's what Christmas season is all about. You know that, right? Nostalgia. It's all about nostalgia. We all like to look back to a simpler time when we were children. This is why we played the Christmas songs, even though they're corny. We listen to them, even inappropriate. But we're like, I don't care. I grew up with that song. This is why we bake cookies one time a year, right? This is why, oh, Liz and I, we, are, we, have, well, we have an artificial tree. Where are all of my artificial tree people at? Come on, artificial tree people. Yes, my people. It's why do you do it? Because it's just too sad to see the tree die. Isn't that the saddest thing ever? The day after Christmas when your whole neighborhood has got dead brown things. Like, okay, well, Jesus was born and he died. <laughs> this tree is here and it's depressing me. Um, and so we do artificial, but because we grew up in houses where the, where, the, where the trees were natural, here's what Liz figured out. She goes to Home Depot. She goes to the, is it the tree section? She goes to the tree section and she says, and, and they're like, are you here to buy a tree? She's like, no, I'm not here to buy a tree. I got an artificial tree. She's like, but can I get some of your tree clippings? <laughs> She's been doing this for the last like four years. She goes to Home Depot and they give her cardboard boxes of Christmas tree branches. She takes them home and she lays them all over the house. You know why? So that the house can smell like Christmas trees. And then she gets a pine Christmas tree candle and then she lights that. You walk into our house, you're like, wow, you guys got a real Christmas tree. We're like, yep. 
But you know why she's doing that? Because she wants to go back to a simpler time. You know what I'm saying? A time where you didn't have to worry about the mortgage. Come on, somebody. Where you didn't have to worry about paying utility bills or having to do midterms or, or fighting with just a little kid. You didn't care. You know, where Christmas was about you opening the presents, not buying them. Hello. I narrowed it down to two things. You know why we want to go back as kids? Because when we went back as kids, here's the two things why we want to go back. Because someone else was in charge. And it was someone else's job to comfort us. Think about it. We all want to be in charge. When you're eight, you're like, I want to do my way. But then when you become 28, and then you got to make a big life decision, you you call your dad. (laughs) And you're like, help me. I can't make up my mind. Tell me where I got to go. I don't want this pressure. Decision-making, responsibility. Guys, it was someone else's job to comfort you. Like, it was someone else's job to stop you from crying. I want one of those now. But somewhere along the adolescent journey, somebody told me, man up. You man up, mommy. You know, like it was somebody's job to comfort. Listen, this is why we worship. Because when we worship, we understand something. That heaven is our home, which means God is in charge and it's his job to comfort me. So when I'm going through it, like Pastor Josh preached last Sunday, I can relax because he's got the reins and he's going to soothe my soul. This is why we worship. I need to explain it to you for those who have lost it or for those who wonder. Listen, this is why I lift my hands, guys. You know why I lift my hands? Because I used to carry things for so long. I used to carry the weight and responsibility of making things happen in my life. I used to carry the expectation of being somebody. But then one day, a man named Jesus found me. And he said, hey, I know what you're carrying, but you ain't got to carry that anymore. Let me carry that for you. And now he carried it. And now I've got nothing to hold in my hands. And so guess what? My hands are free. And so guess what I'm going to do with free hands? I'm going to lift them up because I used to carry some stuff. And now I don't got to carry anymore what Jesus is carrying. This is why I jump, guys. You know why I jump during worship? Because I used to be so heavy. My heart used to be so heavy with humiliation. I used to wear a backpack of burdens. I used to carry a sack of shame. A lot of times it was because of the things I did. But can I be honest? Sometimes it was because of the things that other people did to me. And that brought me to my knees, man, that shame and that weight. And I carried that burden for so long. But one day I met a man named Jesus who said, cast your burdens on me for they are light. I will pick it up. And he picked up my burden and he picked up my shame. But he didn't pick it up in a backpack form. He picked it up in the shape of a cross and he carried it up a hill for me in my place. You understand why I jump now? Because I used to be heavy, but now I'm light. And now that I'm light, I can jump because I ain't got nothing nothing holding me back. I got nothing weighing me down anymore. This is why I dance. I love that song. Gone, gone. Now my sinners did it. Gone. Oh, that's why we do it. You know why I dance for so long? I dance. I don't care what you see me in the front doing my thing. I don't care what you think about me. You know why I dance? Because for 17 years I cried. For 17 years, I didn't think anybody in the world loved me. I had a great mom, had a great family, but there was an emptiness inside of me. Tried to fill it with women, didn't work. Tried to fill it with men, didn't work. I tried for a long time to fill it with counterfeit love, pornography. That didn't work either, and I was empty. But at the age of 17, God found me, and he loved me, and he held me, and now I got this thing inside of me. And so I'm sorry if I dance, but I dance because I'm loved. You know, slow jams, you know, I dance because I'm in love. 
I'm not a dancer, but the last time I danced was on my wedding day because I was in love, baby. I'm in love. And people tell me, well, how long are you going to dance for, JJ? It's been 16 years. I'm 33 now. It's been 16 years, man. How long are you going to, doesn't this thing get old for you? 16 years. But I was crying for 17. So at me in September, when it'll be 17 years that I didn't love myself, but 17 years that God, because the way I figure, I ought to dance at least as long as I cried. I ought to celebrate as least as long as I suffered. I went through it. And because I went through it, I'm going to dance. And I'm going to give them everything that I got. I don't care if I got rhythm. I don't care if you don't appreciate it. I can't help it. I was crying. I was dead, and I came alive. I was blind, but now I see. I was heavy. But now I'm light. I was carrying, but now my hands are free. So I'm a dance. I'm a dance. I'm a dance. With all of me. All of me. All of me. With all of me. With all of me, I'll dance, God. And I'll jump and I'll lift. And they'll say, Well, I don't know about this church. You know, these guys, we listen what's right now. We're not crazy. <laughs> we're not charismatic. We're not Pentecostal. You know what we are? We're home. I'm a citizen of the saints. I didn't belong, but now I do. The people I love are here. I can be undone here. You know, at home, home is the only place you don't got to wear no makeup. Home is the only place you don't got to do your hair. Home is the only place you can be yourself judgment-free. Oh, I dance because I'm home. I jump because I'm home. I lift my hands because I'm home. What is your why? Home. You found it. You got it. In Jesus, it's home. Home. Does anybody here today and you feel like you're on the outside of a door? You'd like to come in. I want you to know there, there's no membership requirement. Remember the members only jacket? Nah. We got all access sweaters. <laughs> we got citizen of the same sweaters. This ain't members only. You know how you become a citizen? You don't become a citizen by your appearance. There's two ways to become a citizen, either by birth or marriage. What is the Bible called being saved? Born again or the bride of Christ. In other words, I'm a citizen. Now, what does an American look like? White, black, brown, male people. You, you can't tell an American by their appearance. You can't tell a Christian by one either. So show me your tattoos. Show me your mullet. Show me your heart. It's not, it's not about what we see on the outside. It's the fact that I've been born again. It's the fact that I've been married and wedded to the Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm a citizen by blood. I'm a citizen by relationship. I'm a citizen. I belong. This is my home. If you want to be a part of this family, it's easy. Come in. He said, I am the door. He said, Jesus. Anybody who knocks, it'll be open. Come on in. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Somebody in this room today, you need to come in. You need to come in. You've been waiting for a moment. Some of you, no passion for anything. Jesus can be that in your life. You've been dying to love something as much as you've seen that person next to you love this environment. It's not an environment. You're not, we're not loving a building. We're not loving a religion. We're loving God who set us free, saved us, and has changed our life ever since the moment we met him. And you can have that opportunity here today as well. 
all over this room, whenever you head back to night clothes, I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, if you're in this room and you want to give your life to Jesus, if on the count of three, you want to lift up your hand and say, hey, I'm in. I want to be a part of this family. I want to become a citizen of the saints. I'm going to come home. Come home. You don't need Christmas music. Here it is. This is why worship feels natural to you. Because you were born of this stuff. You were born of this stuff. Every head but every eye closed on three. You want to see Jesus in your heart. One. Two. All over this building. One, two, three. Right now. Raise up your right hand. Right hand. I need Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. I need. Come on. I see that hand. One. enjoyed this message and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.